0: Welcome to the fight with Teddy Atlas, presented by Dynamic Striking. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by the voice of Combat Sports, the legend Teddy Atlas. Teddy, circus-like weekend this weekend for for uh, Combat Sports.
1: Yeah, I think uh, some of the residue of it was dropped off in my neighborhood. He messing with my internet. Um, <laughs> I I don't know. I I thought they were. I thought they were guys from Verizon up on that phone pole, but then again, I'm not sure. They could be clowns, Um because my, <laughs> <laughs> my internet has been a little crazy, but here we are, thank God, and we're able to talk, and yeah, the, I mean, you had a lot of fights, a lot of action, a lot of events, obviously, we don't call them quite fights, I mean, Although there is risk, they are getting in the ring. They've earned the right to make money. And they've worked hard to get there, um, especially the Paul brothers. but And they've created this niche, more than a niche. They've created this industry um, for themselves. And God bless them. You know, like I've said way before, it was popular or easy to say it. I give them credit. You know? I give them respect and credit for doing what they've done. You know, respecting the sport, working hard, and finding, you know, finding something that was going to, you know, be viable this way. And um, take it from where they were coming from the YouTube with the followers and all that stuff. And then branching it into this. It's the American way, it's capitalism, it's at its best. And um, again, they, they, they locked into a market and they created a market uh you know it's but they might have hurt themselves a little this weekend to be quite frank i mean we'll get deeper into it but you know all good things come to an end i'm not saying it's coming to an end but they they may have uh, there may have been a little bit of a puncture hole in that balloon you know that Macy's day balloon that, that floats uh, on uh the the Macy's uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade that was such a huge parade. I think it still is. I took my son to it when he was three years old, Uh, or at least my father did. I was actually in a gym with a fighter, and um, my father was good enough to take him. He wanted to see it. He wanted to see all those giant balloons in Manhattan. And this balloon, this giant balloon, may have gotten a little, you know, leakage. Uh... Now with what transpired, where you know they they might have went too far or they might have went a little sideways uh in in what wound up happening in in the fight, especially obviously in the dennis Paul fight um and well, not really, I can't even say especially that one, I guess both are the because the fury k s i just wasn't fun to watch
0: i think they set this whole youtube movement youtube boxing movement way back i think jake paul at least he's he seems to have more skills than all of them at least from from my humble opinion but this fight these two fights were so bad everything about it was boring and lame the whole thing stunk And I like all the guys involved, but I mean, anyone who says that that was good or exciting fights is delusional. And I hate to be critical of them, but if you're going to charge 50 bucks for a show and then just hold on and hug, I mean... I think Dylan Dennis might have been the most entertaining part, even though he made himself look like a fool in there jumping around a jiu-jitsu, like, be serious, dude. You're in there as a professional boxer. Act like, act like it. Don't don't make a f- mockery of the whole thing. But I digress. I, no, no, I, no, I, 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 we can I, get into the yeah, fights. Yeah, we'll get into but,
1: the fights. Uh, look, um, at the end of the day, you know, they all... They all cash checks, and you know that old saying, "Laughing all the way to the bank." That's right. This time they might, they might That's be right. crying all the way to the bank, but they're going to the bank. Uh, you know, they're still, <laughs> they're still going to the bank, but. Uh, well, I think I think Logan at least had a
0: self enough self awareness after the fight. He said he's going back to WWE and and his other other uh, interests, but. I don't think anyone's gonna miss him on the boxing scene. Again, no offense, uh, a for effort, but man, that was a terrible, terrible fight. It wasn't, Dylan Dennis It was I don't fault. even know that he threw
1: a three punches. It yeah, wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't Logan's fault. I mean, uh, he, you know, he came prepared. He boxed. He showed the skills that he has and that he's developed. Um, you know, it's, And I don't even think I'll be honest. I'll probably take some hits, but I'm kind of durable um and used to taking hits so i can handle it but i wouldn't even call danis his fault really because you are with are, you were getting i don't think he he hid what we were getting he's a jiu-jitsu champion a jiu-jitsu expert uh he didn't have any time to really hone any striking skills and i don't know that he pretended to he, he did what he did.
0: But look at what Jake Paul did when he got in there with guys who had jiu-jitsu skills. Ben Askren and Tyron Woodley put them to sleep. J- Logan seemed like he couldn't crack an egg with those punches. The guy wasn't even offering resistance. See, I don't know that he team. threw more than 10 punches. He was like argument. a
1: punching bag. See, this is a good debate, but here's my comeback. When a guy's not really trying, and you just said it, not offering resistance, when he's just in a shell... You know, he went into that pickle without punches and without head movement—a you know, poor man's version of the a pool, if you will—but covered up, uh, defensive-minded, defensive—you know—mode, but not trying to take chances. Obviously, not throwing punches. And when a fighter doesn't want to get knocked out, doesn't want to get hit clean or hurt, and just goes into a defensive mode, it's hard to catch him. It's it's hard. The guys you talked about, that Jake and Jake's more developed, no doubt about it. But the guys you talked about, that Jake got out of there, they tried. That that's the difference. Yeah. Dennis, Dennis, to to the level we're talking about, he didn't try to that level. You know, he he knew he would expose himself so. He didn't expose them. He threw a few punches here and there, but very few. A couple, he's a softball, he threw a couple right hooks that did actually catch Paul uh, in spots. But there was few and far between. And again, to the point you made where you said, you know, other guys he got rid of, his brother got rid of them that were in there trying, but... When you go into a defensive mindset and a defensive physical set where you're not going to throw anything for the most part, it's very hard to get rid of that guy. Guys, you hear it all the time in boxing. Couldn't get rid of this guy because he didn't throw punches or he didn't take chances. He didn't try to win. Whatever you, whatever. But you couldn't get rid of him because he made up his mind to concentrate more on surviving than winning. And it's very hard to get rid yeah. of a guy like that. So, to the, you know, I'm I'm not here to make excuses for Logan Paul, but that's legitimate. That it's hard um, to catch a guy who's not giving you anything to catch because he's not partaking in the fight uh, to the level that obviously you figured they signed up to partake in. And again, I'm not even blaming Dennis because Dennis, his thing was to, what do they call it, trolling? I don't even know what they call that stuff, but to, you know, to to drum up, you know, to to drum up all kinds of, you know, uh, uh, controversy, to say all kinds of things, some uh, crazy things, sometimes not such nice things, but for one purpose, not because he's that guy, but because he's the guy that knows that if he does that, it's, it's going to create a firestorm that can sell. It's going to, it's going to create something that can be promoted, something that you could do this, make coin, make De Niro. Yeah. And so that's what he was doing. Anyone who thought he was doing anything else, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to help you. That that you didn't realize that? You're one of those guys back twenty years ago that watched the WWF or whatever it was called before the WWE and with McMahon and all them and you you got crazy. You started throwing things at the T V set when you're when your guy, you know, <laughs> <laughs> When your guy got beat, or, or or your guy's girlfriend got stolen on TV because he the other guy, the villain went in there and stole the girlfriend from Elizabeth. I think that was her name. Uh, and you got crazy, and and then you said, "What's the matter? Didn't you see what happened?" Hey, are you are you serious? You think that's real? <laughs> you actually you actually think that's real? Wow. You, all right. Okay. I let, wow, that's I got somebody for you to see. I don't know if you'll see them. I don't know if you'll go with me to see them, but I'm willing to pay the bill for you to go to them and see them and see if we can help you, buddy. So, I think that's it. Let's get to the fights. I mean, that's that that is the that is the air that surrounded these fights, these events. That is the environment. The setup, if you will, you know the smoke and mirrors, you know to, you know to the, to what is uh, on the stage and what's behind the curtain. So let's get to what is really behind the curtain now. Uh, as though you were going to a, uh, what, what was the name of that, that famous magician? He's still around. David um, Copperfield. Yeah, Copperfield, you know, there's the smoke and mirrors to it, and then there's the trick. There's, you know, there's the basis of it, the, you know, the the substance of what he does. Let's get to the substance of, of what it was and what they did. Um, first of all, the which one do you want to cover first since we're talking about the uh, promotional events?
0: Let's do Logan Paul and. Uh... Logan Paul and Dylan Dennis. All
1: right. Um, they drew a big crowd. Here's the real question, Ken. They drew a big crowd, probably big pay-per-view numbers. What were the numbers? That That's the thing that I really want to know. You know, it seemed like the numbers would be, you mentioned $50 or whatever. It seemed like the numbers would be pretty big with the carnival that took place, as we touched on from the way in leading up in the promotional, getting everybody fired up, you know, doing what it was supposed to do. Uh, It would seem those numbers were healthy. Uh, But, you know, they may have, as we're touching on, and as you said very astutely, at the end of the day, they may have won the battle, you know, and lost the war because of what we're talking about, because the fights weren't good. And, you know, we'll find out, we'll only find out, I guess, whether or not future dates and events are hurt by this. Um, But as far as Paul Dennis, the co-feature in that, Paul won obviously easily, boxing, using the jab, setting up combinations uh, when Dennis just covered up, as we talked about. Slowly walked in. A couple of spots. Dennis, from his southpaw position, actually threw the right hook and, as I already said, landed. Um, but, you know, not much. Very rarely did he move his hands. Uh, he, he he did the poor man's version of the pickle as I said, with hands up on his cheeks without the head movement or the punching. And... Again, not a big surprise. He's a jiu-jitsu man, uh, <laughs> which he reminded of, us of when he threw himself to the floor a few times and <laughs> got into the crab style, um, which Muhammad Ali 35, 40 years ago named that Japanese uh, jiu-jitsu expert that they thought That was a fiasco. Uh, he he, when he <laughs> threw himself on the floor and laid there for all the rounds, I forget how many rounds it was, uh, and you know Ali named him the Crab afterwards. But meanwhile, Ali got blood clots in his legs from getting kicked in the legs. But it, obviously, he got, he got paid. Um, I'm trying to remember that guy's name. That was a awful long time ago, and that was way before we. We were here the other night, but they all start somewhere, these ideas. And that one started with Ali uh, way back when. Antonio Inoki. Yeah, Inoki, exactly. Inoki. Uh, and again, no. not trying to make excuses, but he had very little time, Dennis, to prepare. Um, you know, so Paul, the huge favorite. He's been doing boxing training now for, what, four years or so? So obviously, there's a reason why the line was what it was. Huge advantage. And not only in skills and development, but natural size. Uh, Paul, you know, bigger guy. Dan is 175 pounds when he fought. Paul, around 200 pounds. But Paul brings the dough. Same way Canelo does. So Dennis had to go up to him and you know and uh, you know, give up those the besides the advantage that he was already given up, which um, was to the basic boxing technique and skill level of Paul. Look, it was a one sided fight for Paul. It was ugly as Dennis uh, you know, as we as we already chronicled. He rarely moved his hands. Uh, tried to take Paul down, as you said. That might have been the most entertaining part when he tried to take Paul down, and um, also tried to get him into a chokehold. I guess he was too slippery with all the sweat, <laughs> you know. Um, but he—that would have been interesting if he got him into that chokehold. That would have been inter- <laughs> that would have been interesting. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, security was definitely told to be prepared to step in if if anything went sideways. That was pretty obvious. Uh, they got in there really. Yep. And to that point, they did their job. But this is how I'm going to finish it. And I want to hear your thoughts on this. To so exactly that point, The uh, I, I made try to forget, I made a note to myself that the great Charles Sonnen brought up an interesting point that perhaps Paul could have been disqualified once his security people got in the ring. Because in a real fight, um, you know, in a real fight, I mean, that's the rules. That while a fight's still going on, if you get into, if your people get into the ring or get on the ring apron, you disqualify the combatant. I mean, that's a boxing rule. That's that's a rule in in the commissions throughout the country for the most part. Yep, and but but here's the but, you know how how you gonna enforce them, those kind of rules in an event such as this, that would, I mean how are you gonna do that? I mean that would that would be like <laughs> killing off the star, right? In a TV series, yeah, right? And and then the series is over. And as far as we know, this series ain't over yet. This TV series wants to go on for some more episodes. So. You can't do that, although technically Chell Sonnen is right. But, you know, um, it's not always about what's technically right. You know, it's about what makes sense. You know, here again, in the pocketbook, in the, in the business of it, and um, obviously that would make no sense. So the next one is Fury KSI. Yeah. This one, was, uh, this one was probably worse than the first
0: one. At least Dylan trying to do jiu-jitsu moves made it a little bit more entertaining if he wasn't going to throw punches. But KSI with the holding, it was infuriating to me. Ariel Hawani commented on it as well, how bad it was. Yeah. But my God, the holding. Oh, jumping in and holding. And he was... The crazy thing is, occasionally, he'd score with the jumping in and the being kind of um, uh, awkward. But, I mean, Tommy Fury, to your point... KSI was taking chances and throwing punches uh, granted he was holding a lot but Tommy's got to be able to get this guy out of there he's a professional fighter he's like uh, I don't know it was it was a hard this was hard to watch the, Tommy Fury also said he's done with this boxing he's going back to boxing uh, traditional boxing which is probably a good move for him he needs some more development if he can't get these like amateurish guys out of there. At this stage of his career he's been boxing his whole life, um, but man, this was hard to watch. i can't I, I am not looking forward to seeing any more of these from these guys that were involved.
1: yeah, listen, first of all, give Helwani credit as I text and tweet it I mean, um you know for being honest about it, saying that this is hard to watch. yeah he's getting paid. breath of fresh air. yeah, breath of fresh air for sure. We talk every week, it seems like, about these commentators howling for their meals and not telling the truth or the obvious that we're watching, and, but they don't want to upset anyone at the network who's paying them. Uh, well, what about upsetting the people that are paying the network? Us, the fans. So hawani did a rare thing. He told the truth. I hate to say it's rare, but it is rare nowadays. So he told the truth. Well, we will all thinking this is hard to watch, what you said earlier. Of course, Fury's the actually professional boxer here, right? And he's supposed to, as you touched on, and I'm going to get to your point, where some fans might be, whatever, just obviously disappointed in the overall action. And it disappointed maybe in Tommy Fury, even though he don't have that many fights, but he's been around a long time. He had amateur fights, but they'll be obviously disappointed in his performance, okay? Um, Here it is. I know he was supposed to, Fury being he, easily handle KSI. Only problem was, and I'm not making excuses, but this is, a, this is just what it was. First of all, he didn't take his athletic greens. That's number one. He didn't take his athletic greens. But <laughs> <laughs> that might have helped. But here's the thing. He chose the wrong game plan and approach, Ken. And bear with me here. When, when you're fighting a raw, awkward fighter, like KSI, obviously, right? You don't necessarily press him. He pressed him. Now, a lot of people thought that would mean he would get rid of him. He thought that too, probably. Why else would he do it? But you don't press a guy like that because, A, you might walk into a wild shot, and, B, you now allow him to kind of bring you down to his level to be close, close proximity where he can grab and get you caught up in the physical chaos that that is going on with him, that he brings. So you're much better off, much better, staying on the outside. And I was kind of shocked that they didn't understand this in their pre-fight fight plan. Um you're just much better staying on the outside and picking spots, letting him make mistakes with his wide and amateur punches. You know, let him help you by reaching in um, where he'll make himself available to counters on the outside. But instead, Fury wanted to be aggressive and he wanted to be the boss and show that he dominated him and get him out of there. But instead, he he just fell into the quicksand. Really, it, was, it, it really was watching somebody fall into quicksand he couldn't get out of. You know, like watching those Tarzan movies where the guy in the jungle walks into the quick. and, help, hell, uh, yeah, I'll throw you a twig, but I don't know if, if that's going to help you, uh, you know, a, a lot. Um, and obviously it transgressed into an, ugl- uh, an ugly fight all night. Because, again, he couldn't get out of that quicksand. Uh, funny thing here's for me is that in Fury's last fight with Paul, he looked good and with a much better fighter in Paul. And he did it by boxing well, which he should have done versus KSI. I think I understand what happened. I think in his mind that... KSI wasn't as good as Paul, and obviously he was right. So he thought that he'd just go forward and stop him easily, get rid of him. But it's actually easier, Ken, in in my business, and I've done this with fighters, where I've had fighters that when they're in there with more polished fighters, if you will, they look better. When they're in there with more amateur fighters at the beginning until they get a lot of experience, they have a harder time. And that's what he went through. It's actually easier sometimes to look good versus a better fighter than with a novice, raw fighter. Because the better fighter is going to do the right things and throw the punches the right way, which is what you're prepared for. And it creates less chaos. While the sloppier fighter throws punches from the wrong places, angles, and makes it harder. Especially especially if you just walk into him. Again, I was I was very surprised that Tommy Fury and his people didn't have a better plan. Uh I I thought Fury uh I thought Fury won. You know, there was a little whatever. Some people, I don't know if it was clear, or some people thought that maybe KSI won. I thought Fury won, but it got to the point, like, who cares? You, you know, that, that exactly. was that was the problem. Like, well, yeah. who, like, do you really? Nobody won uh, at that point. Yeah. But I thought Fury won, but in the end, as I said earlier, the future, and you touched on too, the future of doing these type of events may have, you know, may may have may have uh been lost and Tommy Fury's stock as a fighter probably I mean he'll go back and have a chance to you know to get to where he wants to get to, but his stock has dropped. Um another thing, I made a few points here. Bell was wrong. Did you notice that the bell rang seventeen seconds early in one round and Yes. I mean, really. And I was thinking, Ken, it might have been other rounds too because on my TV at least, after that, they stopped. They seemed to stop showing the clock. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best way to do it, right? Just remove all accountability. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. Um, It was a little crazy night. Um, Again, Fury made the fight harder than it had to be for him. Uh, uh as I tweeted, i wasn't positive who won, although in my tweet um I thought that fury won, but I was positive who lost <laughs> that was easy uh us <laughs> uh <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that's for sure anyway let's get to uh <clears throat> let's get to some some of the real stuff
0: before we get to the real fights let's take a minute to give a shout out you mentioned them earlier our friends at athletic greens go to athleticgreens.com slash atlas use the promo code atlas atlas they'll send you 10 free travel packs with your first purchase athletic greens is the all-in-one daily multivitamins all you need made from whole food sourced ingredients the best kind um this stuff is the best. I take it every single day. Teddy takes it. We've had fighters taking it in training camps. This is all you need to get all your uh, fruits, vi- vitamins, v- minerals, everything. All in one. Athleticgreens.com slash Atlas to get 10 free travel packs with your first purchase. Let's get into the- All you uh,
1: need to know, the greatest endorsement you could get for that, really. First of all is that, you know, it's what it- purports itself to be, it's real. Kind of like Evander Holyfield, the real deal. The real deal, which he showed when yep. it came time to show it. But the real proof of the pudding, I mean, part of it at least, is that you've been taking it through your triumphant journeys in all these damn uh, marathons that you're just you know, chalking up like pelts on a wall all over the country, all over the world, and and again, congratulations to you on that. Yeah, the latest one was a couple of weeks ago in Chicago. Um, you know, <laughs> you you've won them in Chicago, Boston, New York. Uh, I, I won't go into the. I I won't pick at a scab. Uh, talking about the one in England, we've been there. We've been there. We still, we still have our people investigating that. <laughs> I avenged that. it. I, avenged avenged them. I
0: got the world title. Yeah. I got the world You're title next it. Sunday. Yeah, yeah, you got the last Sunday. You got
1: the only thing that matters. You got, you got back the right way, uh, by winning, by sticking That's with right. it and um, not complaining yeah. about it, and you know, doing it the right way, uh, rectifying things with a win. Yeah, but. It's been there with you. You know, it's been with you as part of your journey.
0: Athletic greens every step of the way. So, yep, it's uh, the truth.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, Proof is in the pudding. Yep.
1: So, talking about the truth, uh, are we going into the UFC? Because those guys are the truth.
0: They are the truth. Yeah. They are the truth. Yeah, let's talk about the uh, main event. Edson Barboza with one of the best comeback victories you're going to see over Sadiq Youssef. I thought that for sure the ref was going to stop it in the first round. Barboza was getting his head punched in. I mean, he was getting beat down. But my God, credit to the referee for not jumping in yeah. too early, having the wherewithal to understand that, like, maybe this guy comes back, and sure enough, like Murphy's Law, he does. Uh, it was just... I can't believe he came back from what from the beating he took in the first round. He looked completely outclassed, outskilled, like he didn't even belong in there with the guy. And my God, he turned it around through all heart and just slowly wore um, Yusuf down and got the victory. My God, what that was so exciting. I think that might have been my favorite fight of the whole weekend.
1: Yeah, well, with what we were watching, it was definitely up there. Um, listen, I'm glad you made the point you just did about the referee because there's been fights in boxing and UFC in, throughout the history of their existence. Obviously, boxing's been around longer than any sport other than maybe the marathon. But there have been examples where if you didn't have the right ref, a guy who didn't panic, didn't wait too long or too soon. Either way, a pro A real professional ref that knows what he's looking for. Knows what he's supposed to be looking for. Knows what he's looking at. If you didn't have the right guy, Ken, you know how many great, 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 great comebacks from champions would have to be erased from the books? Think about it. Nobody talks about that. I'm glad you brought that up, Ken. We'd have to go into the record books with a giant eraser and and start wiping out a lot of the greatest fights you ever saw, the greatest champions you ever knew, you'd have to wipe them right off, right off the paper. If, if the referee didn't give him the chance at that pivotal moment in the fight where they were down, they were behind, they were on the brink of going off the cliff, but he, he, he saw something. It wasn't quite time. I'll tell you one that comes to mind, the most recent one, was the Tyson Fury against Wilder in their first fight. When he was laying on that ground in the last round, I think it was, Fury was laying there like he got shot with a, you know, M16. <laughs> and, and he's laying there, yeah, right? Think about down. it, Ken. If that referee didn't know how to do his job and he panicked, he just said, up. Oh. he did this with the arms. Just went, that. Ah! If he just did that instead of getting over them, him, giving them the benefit of the count, looking at him, watching him, making sure he's not in convulsions, anything like that, looking, and give him the benefit that he gave him of a fighter, of a warrior, we we wouldn't be, there'd be no fighting a couple of weeks with Agano and um Tyson Fury. There'd be no Usyk Tyson Fury fight, which we broke here first. That, that that fight looks like it's gonna be happening um for the unification of the world heavyweight titles. But Tyson Fury wouldn't exist in the way that he exists right now. He wouldn't. You'd have to you <laughs> you'd have to just remove him from the record books. Really would. If and and those it's simply because those referees do their job. They know what their job is. They don't panic. They don't go too long either, but they know what they understand an element that really isn't in the books. You know, as far as okay, look for this, look for the eyes, look for the, you know, make sure he's not convulsing, convulsing, in convulsions. Make sure he's not in dire straits. Something medically is going on that you got to jump, You know, if if it's a situation where guys supposed to receive account and none of those other things I just touched on, you know, are going on. Give them the benefit. Because there's something that's not in the book to follow. And that's how to weigh the w- human spirit. See there's something how how to judge and measure the human spirit. The human will. Because it will find a way. Because if it's there, if the person has that kind of will that has, been, that, that has been forged over the years that he's been around and the journey that he's been on, and it's been forged where it's been preordained in him to have a destiny, to have a destiny of climbing that mountain, whatever that mountain is. In this case, it was boxing, to climb that mountain. And, and things have transpired in his life to get him ready for that journey, to tell him that that's his journey. And he's already been through things where he's been falling off the cliff. With, with Fury, it was alcohol, drugs, oppression, suicidal thoughts, all of that. That was all part of his journey. Not a good part, but an important part. A part that prepared him that... Really, as much as it almost killed him? What's that saying? If something don't kill you, it's going to make you stronger? Yep. Nope. How how true is that? How true is that? Yeah. That it actually made him stronger. It formed something in him. Something in fury going through that. That was ready to be ignited. That night that he got dropped by water. And there's, there's, a, there's a video out there that, A man right in front of me, Sam Rivera, put up. And um, where I was talking about that with you on this show, it's a motivational video. A lot of people have have watched it and have felt that they've gotten some inspiration from it. Um, It's out there. It's called Rise Up. It's out there on the internet. Sam Rivera did it. And it's all about what we're talking about, where he's laying there. He's laying there. And as I said, I thought his life was flowing in front of him. Even though it was only a 10 second that you had to (laughs) to do something, it was slowed down. And that his life was flowing in front of him to the point where he was thinking, do I get up? Do I stay down? Do I exist? Just exist? Or do I live? Do I survive by just laying here, barely survive, and and just see where it takes me? Or do I triumph? Do I get the hell up and say, no, 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 I am not going to lay here and let this define me? And that's something that there is no book on that. There was no way to prepare for that, for a referee to say, oh, let's see. You just you, you got to give him a chance. And that referee gave him a chance. And that's why Furious where he is. And to your point, the right referee was there to give Barbosa a chance when he was getting pummeled. As far as the breakdown of the fight, you, you opened it up perfect. Barbosa lost the first round. Um... got destroyed and then a close second round third round is where it changed uh he had a huge of course the first round is where he changed it by not submitting what a what a spirit what a warrior spirit but in the third round barbosa had a huge turnaround first and i really appreciated it ken it was first with a right hand to the body left hook to the head beautiful combination and then some really nicely placed left hooks to the body and then that huge kick unbelievable give you use credit to survive that to survive that yep was a good grinding fight came down to the last round i thought because if you had a 10-8 in the first round which it would seem that it had to be i don't know what the judges actually did but yeah, you had to, of course. But Bosa had a, you know, he had a, a big way to come back, and so I I just thought that it probably came down to the last round, uh, and it was a big finish for Bosa in that last round. Again, well placed combinations. Then he put some water in the basement, went to the body, those really nice body shots, and he finished it all off, you know really finished it with the sauce on top, the whipped cream, the strawberries, everything uh, with those takedowns. I I was thinking that perhaps he, he pulled it out or it might be a draw. But it seems like... Tell me if you got the scores there because I didn't get the scores, but it seemed like he won it clearly with the judges, I think, which... You know, I don't know if that was controversy or it might have been. At the end of the day, while you look for those scores, it was a grueling tough fight, great comeback effort by Barbosa, and my hat's off to both of of them. And in the end, Yusuf, Yusuf allowed Barbosa, really what it came down to was he allowed Barbosa to take control of the pace after dominating him in the first round. Yusuf just wasn't busy enough for me, Ken. Um the rest of the way. But two good, honest warriors, uh, and they showed that in their interviews afterwards. Uh I I just have nothing but applause for the two of them as fighters and men.
0: Yep, good timing. I've got the um I've got the scorecards right here. We got uh 48 46 for use for barboza on one 48 46 on the second and 49 46 on the third looks like uh barboza got the last got the last three rounds on all score last four on chris lee's scorecard the last four on sal damatos and the last four on um Derek cleary's and they all Two of the three had a 10-8 round for Yusuf in the first round. I don't know how Chris Lee didn't give that a ten-eight round. I mean, that is a fight that it could have been stopped, and no one would have complained. He was getting smashed. So, yeah, I'm, pretty I'm, fair scoring, I think,
1: across the board. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I don't know. It sounds uh, as I like. I I thought it would be closer. Um, but I wanted to see what you thought. But I I don't I I thought it might have been judged a little closer especially I don't see how you don't have a across the board 10-8 in that first Agreed.
0: that that, that's the only like discrepancy I see I mean I I, some of those middle rounds were definitely closer but I can't argue against having having to pick one guy in close rounds you know but that 10-8 round that first round was absolutely 10-8 at least for me but
1: no I I I thought so too all right, let's uh, take me. All right, well, take me.
0: Let's get into the uh, WBO junior middleweight champion Tim Zhu in action against Brian Mendoza. Gets a unanimous decision. I mean, I saw all of your um, tweets from uh, regarding Tim Zhu, so it's hard for me to give in any input that doesn't look to be influenced. By those tweets but you i thought that you described it perfectly he's just like workman like he just gets in there he just does everything correct there's nothing like neon about him He just gets in handles business tough durable got an engine and beat the brakes off of mendoza um unfortunately down in australia i don't think he gets the marketing uh The same way some of the American uh, junior middleweights and middleweights get marketed. So he's kind of like out of sight, out of mind at times, I think. But it's not fair. I think Tim Zhu is as good as anyone in the division. And i love to see him match up against some of the other guys like Charlo and some of the other bigger names. But I don't know why anyone would want to go there and fight him. He's in a tough spot being in Australia. But I'm sure he's going to get the fights eventually because he just keeps winning. How'd you like it?
1: Well, here's the good news, I guess, if you go off of what you just said. He's coming, he's coming, uh, you know that movie with Eddie Murphy and, uh, and his sidekick there? <laughs> coming to America.
0: Coming to America? They're coming
1: to America, baby. Coming, I like that movie. <laughs> I get a kick out of it. <laughs> but anyway, coming to America. Yeah. And he's coming to Vegas, he said. Arsenio Hall. Yeah, Arsenio Hall. He used to have his own late night show. Coming to America. Um, he's coming he's coming to Vegas yeah. he said he's looking for Charlo we'll see if he gets him yep but in the meantime everything you said yeah I mean I, I like him I, I like watching him. I like, him I like him I like what he is I I love Mendoza the heart talk about a warrior talk about a warrior's heart wow yep. did he show that you talk about the UFC fight how incredible it was barbosa lasted through that first round how incredible that mendoza again with that will that i described that that specialness that that determination that that heart of a champion how he survived those not one round but many of those late rounds Uh, it it went on very late at night i was tired but um you know it's from australia and it turned out to be the best fight of the night, I think probably that I saw, and it was actually a tale of two fights. It was the first half which was competitive, uh, the first six seven rounds. The second half of the fight, which was not competitive, it was all zoo, where he took over. So it was it was kind of strange that way, or uh, that was really again the tale of two fights. Uh, like i said it was a decent but one-sided undercard oh yeah i I wanted i made a note to myself ken there was a decent one-sided undercard bout but uh, you know the guy was trying like hell that was fighting him uh with a 15 and 0 fighter from australia named sam goodman i just wanted to give him a little shout um he looked very solid entertaining style technically solid Places nice punches downstairs and upstairs. Uh, he caught my eye. And as far as the, the main fight, from the beginning, Zoo looked, he looked good. Right away. And part of why he looked good for me, what I noticed, just very calm, relaxed, good vision, always looking for the right spots to play shots. Competitive fight as I said. Um, the You know, Mendoza was more active, especially early on. He was more active while Zoo continued to look for the right spots, the right shots, and maybe he was looking a little bit too long in some rounds. But Zoo started finding his spots and pulling the trigger on them. And then when he did, when he when he started to do that. Then he, there was, he was the boss. And that's the best way I can say it, Ken. Uh, I loved the steady demeanor of Zhu at But at times he was a bit too patient in the first half of the fight that I just talked about. And he got outworked. But then as it was as if he realized it. That he stepped it up and he started to let his hands go more and as i said he took over it was a battle as as of of two fights um first half back and forth close second half wasn't close the the feed from australia went bad on my tv i don't know if it was the feed from them or it was my cable uh My TV was in and out for the last couple rounds, but it still was pretty obvious and clear to see that Zoo was dominating and that Mendoza, as I said earlier, was shown just stout heart, surviving, uh, not only surviving, but at the same time still trying to win, which is really special. Mm -hmm. Uh, What impresses me about Zoo the most, Ken, and for the fans out theres that he gets into position to land solid clean shots and he's always balanced he and he never wastes anything you know not quite level of way, the great japanese champion world champion but a little similar which is a great great compliment from me um i i i really um you have to like him i think you have to like Zoo. How steady and consistent he is and solid with fundamentals. Nothing fancy. Very conventional, focused approach. Him and Charlo would be really interesting. Um, But don't dismiss the possibility because there's other fighters, great fighters, that are out there looking for fights. And don't dismiss the possibility of Crawford the great, great, great Crawford or even Canelo, um, you know, to look to to throw their hat in the ring to fight Zoo. Um, you know, I know that, again, you'd have to do the weight thing with the, but with those, you know, first of all, Crawford don't care. He'll go up. He don't care. He's not going to tell you to come down. He'll go up. Um, Canelo, you have to go to him. He's the golden goose. You want to get the, you want to get the gold. You got to go to him. So, but it, don't be shocked if you hear about that. Um, but Charlo and him would be interesting. You know, uh, put together the titles in that division. They're both good offensively. Uh, the only thing that I could do a little, a little bit of. And I'm not knocking him at all. There's nothing to knock. I wouldn't knock him. But the only thing that I could, from a teacher training standpoint, that I could point out a little bit on Zoo is that perhaps he could do a little bit more with his use of his jab. Um, He has a good jab, it's hard, it's accurate. But he doesn't always use it. But you know the funny thing about that, Ken? You almost don't notice. Because he's really good, even without it, at walking an opponent down without reaching, without leaving himself open. And he gets in good position to punch. Even without it. But there was some spots just to kind of stabilize things when the other guy might be stealing a round, if you will. You know, by being a little busier, I just thought there were some spots where the jab could have came in a little handy, uh, and that's something that he should keep in mind if he does fight Charlo. But that would be an interesting fight. And one other thing, before we get into the before we get into the other fight, I just noticed before we came on the air that some boxing news, maybe it's bad news. But whatever. <laughs> Bad news, Bass. But some boxing news. I saw a promotion, Ken, <laughs> for Razor Ruddick, the former heavyweight contender who fought Mike Tyson two times, if people out there are old enough to remember, because it's been a while. He's fighting James Tony, the former middleweight. <laughs> yeah, Ken, Ken. I know <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to I I don't know I want to make your day I guess but he's fighting James <laughs> Tony who was a tremendous fighter a tremendous fighter our uh, champion the former middleweight champion Ruddick is almost 50, 60 years old 60 6-0 six
0: all fun and games till someone gets and all of a sudden it's not so no. funny any, anymore this no, is stupid I,
1: I agree. look he's 59 years old right Tony is fifty-five, so together they're one hundred nineteen years old, right? Um, I don't mean to, uh, but as you just said, Ken, it's 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 both dangerous and I think sad to see. Uh, I I saw it was for don't mark it down on your calendar, but it's November eleventh in Kingston, Jamaica, where Ruddock is from. He was he's from Jamaica. Um, I. What else? I saw it. I said, you know what? It's our job. You know, some, somebody's got to do it. It's our job to report all news as we know it or hear it. We missed some. We missed some. I wish I missed that one. I'll be honest. <laughs> I wish I missed that one, Kenneth. Um, but I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't. And um, But that's not the Fight, uh, the ESPN fight that we didn't talk about uh
0: yeah ESPN before we get to the main event let's just quickly touch on um Olympic silver medalist yes. Keyshawn Davis in action yes runs his record to 10 and 0 with six knockouts he goes to 10 round distance in a really tight f- tightly contested fight against Nahir Albright um he gets a majority decision but man that was a close fight a little probably too a little too close for comfort for the promoters at 10 and 0 but uh second time he's gone 10 rounds now what'd you think
1: yeah, Davis, Albright. Oh, here it is. The judges scored it, as you touched on, Ken, a lot closer than the commentators had it. Or they they saw it, right? Much closer. Uh, honestly, I lost focus watching it. It wasn't exactly the Alamo. Um, <laughs> not even Little House on the Prairie to be honest I mean good both of them know how to fight uh, you know solid enough fight on both sides but you got the silver medalist the promoters fighter top ranks fighter Keyshawn Davis and um he you know he's he's a good fighter I mean, obviously, you don't need Teddy Atlas to tell you that he won a silver medal in the Olympics. Um, so yeah, good boxing, and as I said, Davis is a good boxer with skills, and uh, you know, with 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 the great pedigree of the Olympics, silver medal, all that. But he doesn't have any power or physicality, and he's. And and not that he has that physicality because he fights the kind of fight he fights on the outside. All right. But he's very cautious. That's his temperament and style. And we've had great fighters that are cautious. Great fighters um, that, that are cautious. Floyd Mayweather. But Mayweather was different. People sometimes say, oh, Teddy, you don't knock Floyd. He was a defensive fighter. He was an artist. Um... But he'd go catch it too i mean he would uh, remember the Corrales fight, remember you know you you could a, a bunch of them, but uh, you know he 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 f- was in there with Madonna. i mean and he fought him twice um floyd yeah floyd was a defensive whiz great counter puncher, but when he had to go he'd go he'd go he'd go and um at the end of the day, he's, he's very cautious. His temperament and his style, Davis. He's very efficient. But at least up to this point, he's also boring. Uh, similar to top ranks. And, and look, he's making millions of dollars already. He's earned it. Uh, what's his name? Stevenson. He's, uh, he was a silver medalist, too. He's also got the big promoter, the silver spoon. He gets the, you know, he's won a title. He's, look, we know he's he's one of the powerful, power guys on a lot of people's lists. Um, I don't know that he's been tested yet to be on that list because that's part of being on a list. Yeah, you got to be good, but you also have to have a resume that has shown that you you're good with a certain level of fighter. I don't know if he's got that resume yet, talking about Stevenson I know that he's you know he's no different than any of these other fighters that are with a big promoter that they're taken care of and they have their crew around them that insulates them from you know anything they don't want to hear or if they don't want to hear it that guy's no good that guy's an idiot that guy's uh, like you're knocking him but how about it's not you're knocking him how about it says you're pointing out your job you're doing your job, and you're pointing. You're giving him credit. He's a terrific fighter, Stevenson, as is Davis. But it's my job to point out all the nuances, all the stuff that, quite frankly, only somebody that knows what they're talking about, but also that doesn't get paid by you or your network, is going to point out and tell the, it's called the truth, and it's it's not being critical. It's it's actually just telling you how you could be better or or how you differ or from someone else that also has talent. That's all. One of my favorites, no secrets. Sugar Ray Leonard's one of my favorite fighters of all time. And he had talent. He had as much talent as Keyshawn and as Davis put together, probably. But at least as much as either one of them. But he also had the drive to go and test that talent and I'm not saying they don't have drive they become world champ uh, at least Stevens has become a world champ I, I, I'm i sure Davis will too <laughs> there's enough titles out there to choose from I'm sure he will too and he's got enough ability but that doesn't mean that you're getting the most out of your talent uh, you're, you know you're getting the most out of your physical talent and you're technique and your style is 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 being used to its utmost, but the stuff inside that you have to dig a little deeper to see, to find. Has that stuff been has that stuff been stirred? Has that been stuff been awakened? Has that stuff been, you know, called out? Not yet. I don't know, maybe if it's there. And there's only one way to know if it's there. To get in with those kind of fighters that will tell us if it's there. And Stevenson's going to get his chance for that. And like I said, he's a terrific talent. Uh, even you know, even if they do act like spoiled brats, if you say something that they don't like, which is, I think, is just silly. I really do. I think it's immature. You know, I don't want to call anyone stupid, but I think it's not the brightest thing in the world. To be honest, I would want to hear where sure? my I hear it plenty too. Can I hear it plenty? Maybe more than I want to hear it. where my shortcomings are, but I listen. I try to get better. I the reason I embarked on this this whole thing that I just went into is because he reminds me of Stevenson a little bit, Davis. Um, their styles are similar. They control the outside with the jab and counters. Good defense. Play it safe uh Stevenson is better there's no doubt about it uh but he's much more experienced too <coughs> They both have you know uh i mean they're both obviously uh they have difficult styles to to look good against to deal with and to look good a lot of fighters don't want to as they progress. Unless they're getting paid, of course, the right, you know, the right number. A lot of fighters, a lot of managers, don't want to be in with a guy that they just can't look good against. You know. And listen, that's that's not saying they're supposed to change now and allow guys to look good with them, but it's just part of the reality that yeah, you can be a champ. Yeah, you can be a real good fighter, but if you want to be a Sugar Ray Leonard. If you want to be, uh, you know, a Marvin Hagler or Duran, I know I'm going to the icons. I get it, uh, and where these guys may never get close to, but if if you want to be those guys, I I I'll say something that's going to throw some people off the chair. If you even want to be a Tank Davis, because Tank, to his credit, he also has a part where he's cautious in his head. He's not stupid. He's a smart fighter in the ring. In the ring, he's done some things that would we'll question that outside but we're talking about in the ring in the ring he's a guy that knows when to be patient knows when to be delivered knows when to move and not go forward knows when to retreat a little bit no but at the end of the day and, and he's got that boxing iq like like a stevenson uh, and he i know he's got the power that stevenson and davis don't have but He also, as I said, has the other elements that they do have. The ability to be cautious when he needs to. To be aware. To be technically sound. But he also has the part in him where he's going to go catch you. He's going to go find a way to catch you. And he's going to go get you. Um, I haven't seen that. And I'm not saying do it in a reckless way. I, I think I explained that. But you have to... Have that want that that's got to be in you that 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 desire to to go into another room in your house and find out what's in that room what's in that room anyway I think I covered that like a blanket even more so than a few people out there would want me to uh, maybe <laughs> two two of them named Davidson and, <laughs> and Stevenson but um again if you don't understand where it's coming from uh i'm sorry uh i am I'm,
0: I'm sorry that's all right let's get let's jump to the main event Janabek alim alim canuli versus vincenzo Gurieri. um six round tko for the uh unifies the wbo and ibf middleweight titles i like this guy kazakh tough guy um I love to see him get in there with some bigger names, but again I don't think he's a big draw. I heard there was not a lot of tickets, so there were a lot of empty seats at this um at this show in Texas. Well when you can't and, pronounce
1: um, a guy's name, Ken. It's kinda hard yeah. it's kinda hard and I'm joking but I'm serious, kinda hard to get you, get around him. When when you when you have you know when when it's hard to fight him and hard to pronounce his name. When those two things are in concert, it's a hard sell, maybe. It's a hard sell, but you're right. I like him a lot. I like him a lot. He's 14 and, what's he, 15 and 0 now? He was 14 and 0, I guess, going in. 15 and 0, 10 KOs, yep. He fought a guy named Gautieri, right? Yep. 21-0-1. That's who's, right. Here's the most shocking part of it. I'm watching, I'm saying, this guy Gautieri, He's got a title. Is there anyone out he there? He had the
0: IBF. yeah the IBF middleweight world title, legit title. Is there
1: anyone out there that doesn't have a title? Is there anyone else out there besides me that has a fax machine? <laughs> me, you, and me. <laughs> um, listen. Is there any really? Uh, uh, does anyone else want a belt? Because I'll get them one. I mean, uh, it's it's getting a little <laughs> it's getting a little dicey there. Uh, uh, or maybe not getting maybe it's beyond the point of getting but uh,
0: uh,
1: really good, good Thierry he's got a title okay he's got a title um, as far as the fight goes no contests and that's, that's not that's not really breaking news is it Ken um, no. uh, I mean or at least quite often in the case of top ranked shows I'm not saying the other promoters don't have theirs too. They do. We we've been down that road. We chronicled it very honestly, very well. But the with the top rank shows, uh, this ain't this ain't new territory. Uh, and again, the amazing thing about it wasn't a fight. It was that Guta Tierra had a title. uh Beck, <laughs> <laughs> Beck. is. Here's what he is, I mean, obviously, and also to me. He's a big middleweight with a ton of amateur fights, very long arms. He's a softball to give you even more trouble to deal with him. And he's good. He's damn good. He's very pinpoint with his punches, technically solid and sharp. And here, for those guys out there like Stevenson and Davis that think I'm only picking on them. Take the cotton out of your ears. And hear this. You ready? He's very cautious and careful. But he doesn't keep he doesn't let it keep him from going when he has to go a little further. But that is his temperament. He's cautious and careful, and he's very accurate and he doesn't waste anything. He goes to the body well. See, the thing is, when he did hurt the guy, when he, did, when he saw he could hurt him, he went into that room. He didn't stay there and say, I'm just going to win a decision. And he, he went and found. He went and he... He went... And he, he was like, you know, like a predator in a way that you're supposed to be in a ring. A predator. Where he tracked it down and he took the prey back to his cave. <laughs> that, I like that. And, and I want to see some of that. You know, um, again, do it the right way. Do it with a bow and arrow or whatever you're doing it with. In this case, you're doing it with your fist. You're doing it with your talent. You're doing it with your technique. But do it. Bring it back to your cave. Uh, he, again, he goes to the body well uses his size and reach very well i talk about that often some guys have those great attributes but they don't know how to use them he knows how to use them controls range and distance on the outside beautifully he dominated and he stopped good 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 or teary, whatever in his sixth the guy with the belt the guy the IBF belt. <laughs> he he stopped that guy. He stopped that guy.
0: Goldier Goltieri. Gold, Gold,
1: <laughs> he stopped him in the sixth round. He places punches like I I I've left the our brothers and sisters across the pond out of conversation too long. So I found a way to bring him in today. He he places punches like a dart thrower um <laughs> uh across the pond. He hits the numbers. Uh, That he aims for. One of the commentators said. Confused me a little bit. I'm not hard to confuse I guess. Uh, One of the commentators said that. He had no skills in the amateurs. But that he made up with it. For it with power. I don't know what he was talking about. I really don't because. I saw many skills. And I know he didn't just come about them. (laughs) He, He didn't just find them. He didn't just develop them. So I was a little confused by that but what I wasn't confused by was the expertise of him the 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 science of him the ability of him the technique of him and the future of him he's 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 going to be a hard out for anybody ah uh, he he'll be a hard out for anyone for all those reasons yeah
0: he's uh he'll be one one to watch um he's got two of the belts and lara's got one of them and um one of the charlos has the other one would be a lot nice to see him match up against either either or both of those guys but let's talk about the preview let's preview the upcoming uh fight in uh for the ufc over in the middle east uh last minute replacements this is unbelievable how often do you get last minute replacements and the show
1: gets better really really where does that happen it's
0: unbelievable the main and the main and the co main both lose their uh, 50% of the, uh, of, the, of the fighters involved. And
1: credit, I'm going to interrupt you for one second. Credit to both fighters, 10 days' notice. Great fighters, great fighters, champion fighters. They take this risk against great fighters. They take the risk on 10 days' notice. Credit to them and credit to the boss man over there. Dana White. Some people like him, some don't. I don't You can't argue with why his brand is what it is, because he he makes it. No, no matter what happens, the fight falls out. He makes sure that the right fights going to be there. It's just amazing, or it's not amazing. Why Dana White has kept this brand and product. Of UFC growing and growing and growing. <laughs> because he never disappoints the most important people out there. Us. You. The fans. He, he knows who he works for. He works for them. He knows that. He doesn't work for himself. He works for the fans. He works for the brand. And he controls everything. So it's easier to do. But I tell you. Uh, boxing should take a lesson from it. It's a pretty simple formula. It's a pretty simple form. Put the best fights on, and when they fall out, still put them on. Find a way to still put them on. And how's that way? Well, it's not complicated. First of all, credit to these great fighters that took the risk. But credit to Dana White, because I can tell you what he did without talking to him. He backed up the Briggs truck. Yeah, he backed up the Briggs truck to make sure it would happen. And... And a lot of people are gonna say, "Oh yeah, Teddy, I would do that too. If, if, if you know, I just uh, merged with WWE, and we would t- jointly worth twenty-two billion dollars or twenty-four billion dollars. And you know, UFC earlier a few years back had sold for four billion or whatever it was. Yeah, I, I, I would do it too. Yeah, you would. There's a difference between having the money and going it into your freaking pocket and spending it." There's a difference. And that's what makes Dana White and the UFC what it is. Like him or hate him, I don't care. You have to give him his due. He goes into his pocket. Yeah, they're deep pockets. He goes into the. He built up those pockets. He goes into those, and this is how he did it. By putting on competitive good fights, great fights, week in, week out. He goes into those pockets, and he pulls money out of those pockets when he has to. Uh, again difference between having the money and spending the money. A lot of guys have it. I'll give you an example. You think Bob Arum would have spent the money if his main event, you know, say it was a great fight and the main event fell out and he had to he could get someone else, another guy maybe even better. Maybe even better, but it would cost a lot of money to do it. Do you think Arum's doing it? Yes or no, Ken?
0: <laughs> no, absolutely not. No,
1: he ain't. He ain't doing it. He ain't doing it because He's gonna make sure that money stays in his pocket, and and White, look, White's never gonna be broke. I get it. I know the people. Who say, I don't want to hear it. I'm I'm talking the truth here. I'm talking reasonable, factual, laid out truth here. He, yeah, he's got the money, but so does Aram. So does Aram, but he ain't gonna spend it the way that White will spend it, and that's why. He's where he is. That's why UFC is where it is. And that's why this card got better, which is extraordinary. Really extraordinary. I mean, Usman I mean it's unbelievable. Usman is now fighting Shemayev after Costa wasn't medically cleared, I guess, Ken, to fight Yeah, he had a staph infection, I think. And Volkanowski The great Volkanovski, the great, great, great... And let's not forget, it wasn't long ago that Usman was being called the GOAT. The GOAT of that division. I mean, and then he lost twice to Edwards. But Volkanovski replaced Oliveira, who's great, of course, champion, um, former champion, replaced Oliveira in a fight versus Makachev, which... Is now the rematch for Volkanovski because that's his only loss, was in a close fight, to Makarjiev, and Volkanovski is going to take it as his Usman on ten days' notice. Wow, wow, I, I can't I can't say it, I can't say it better than what I just said. It uh, just incredible, uh, Volkanovski and Usman, you guys, I just applaud you you're truly it's one thing to to say you're a beast it's another to behave like a beast in, in in all ways um they've shown it in the ring in the octagon and now they've shown it again in this way they are truly beast gladiators take these fights on as i said 10 days notice wow well, listen, for the uh, for the people that might
0: be inclined to uh, place a wager on this bet and for our friends at MyBookie, if you're going to bet, please use MyBookie and use the promo code ATLAS, A-T-L-A-S. for a f-
1: And bet with your head, not over it.
0: Exactly. They'll give you a 50% credit on your first deposit. You deposit $2,000, they will give you another 1000 to play with. Um, for the people who are going to bet, Teddy, we've got... Uh, Michael Cheb, minus 260, and Volk at plus 200. Who do you like and why?
1: Give me the 200. He may lose. He may lose. He may lose. I'm not betting against Volkanowski. He's earned He's earned the right for me to feel that way and to respect him that way. Though only problem, 10 days is rough. But um, yeah. hopefully he's in great shape. But... Um,
0: well, you remember, you remember what, uh, you remember what the great Michael Bisping did against Luke Rockhold on a one or two weeks notice yeah. when he gets the and call he to come great. in and fight for the title. Sometimes there's like you know less pressure, less stress.
1: No, you're right. And
0: those guys, if you ever need an example in your life to stay ready, yeah, never get ready. Yeah. When you stay ready like this, ten days fine tuning.
1: You're right. And look, and this is where that specialness inside of you comes to the surface. And Volkanovski has that specialness inside of him. So um, I'm not betting against him. I know it's a tough one. I know it's a tough one. There's a reason why those numbers are what they are. But um, give me the 200. Give me the 200. If I'm wrong, so what? Uh, It'll be worth it. It'll be worth taking a shot shot you know not over my head but just taking a little shot with the plus 200 um just because he's earned the right for me to trust him or or to back him that way he's earned the right in his behavior and the other guy's great too the other guy's tremendous but i'm gonna go with Volk, and um only because of that go ahead ken i'm sorry
0: Shell Sonnen has been talking about this since the fight was announced. Charles has basically said multiple times that he didn't want the fight, that there was always an excuse in Chill. Now he did have a huge cut on his eye, but Chill was like, for $1.5 million, he said, I'll be in there fighting with a cut all over my forehead. He's like, come on, we're fighters. This is what we do. You gotta fight. Okay, it's too you gotta cut, that's too bad. Get in there. One point is that a $1.5 million cut? But Shell's been saying from the beginning, Charles has said multiple times that he doesn't want this fight, that he wasn't going to do this fight. Finally, it was made. So I would imagine Volkanovsky taking the fight on such short notice probably had an inkling that this was a very real possibility.
1: Who who was saying, well, just clear for me, I misunderstood. Just clear in case the fans out there misunderstood or didn't clearly get what you just said. Who was saying they didn't want this fight?
0: Charles has said on multiple occasions since this fight was brought up that he didn't want the fight or he wasn't going to take the fight, that he didn't feel like going over to, at one point he said, going over to, um, is it in Abu Dhabi or Dubai? It's in the Middle East, and um, and Charles was saying, oh, this is a home fight for him, and then Chell did a whole breakdown. I was like, actually, he's from uh, Uzbekistan, and you're... Um, your country is actually closer to where the fight is, and it's not a hometown fight for Michael Cheff, but Chell's been on him from the beginning. Charles has just indi- never indicated, like, a real desire, a hunger for this fight, and has, like I said, has hinted at either not wanting the fight or or, or making excuses about where it's located, So, and Chell's been on it from the beginning. So when the fight was canceled, he goes, guys, he told you this fight wasn't going to happen from the beginning, so regardless of the reason, no one should be surprised. So I would imagine Volk is like, knowing that as well, and listening to the language coming from Charles and is ready to go, clearly, because 10 days ain't enough to get in shape. He had to already be in shape where he wouldn't be able to even take the fight, not to mention the weight.
1: Yeah, listen, the mental realms of this sport, of any vocation, of any business, of any competitive, you know, battle out there, whether it's in a courtroom, whether it's in a classroom, you know, whether it's a Wherever it is, whether it's in a surgeon's room in a hospital with a doctor, you know, whether it's in a ring, whether it's in a cage, the mental realms are the most important realms. They are. They are. I mean as long as the physical talents are comparable, then it does come down to those realms. If the physical talents aren't comparable, then that those realms don't get tested. Then, then it's different. Then they never get brought into question or brought into the equation. Cus had a great saying, Cus the of my mentor. He used to tell me, Teddy, in a battle between two comparable fighters, talents, the man with the stronger will will always win. Will will overcome skill, except in the cases where one man's skill is so far superior that the will is never tested. It's a great saying. It's truth. It's so true. It's so true. So it's, we'll find out.
0: Yep. In the co-main, Shemaev is minus 260 and Usman at plus 200.
1: I'm not going against... Basically,
0: same exact lines. Yeah,
1: I'm not going against Shemaev. Um, But I'll tell you one thing. It'll be awfully interesting. Let's not forget Usman was being called the GOAT a year ago, whatever it's been, when before his first Edwards fight, where he got caught, <laughs> and it changed the trajectory of his career. But He's still champion, still one of the greatest welterweights ever, but it dramatically changed the trajectory of where he was going, or seemed to be going. In the last round, in the last seconds, um, or I know it was late in the round, with that kick, with that blind kick that was set up beautifully by Edwards that he never saw, that knocked him out. And then he came back and lost the rematch for even the decision. So, let's not forget that. What Usman was before he wasn't, so to speak. Having said that, he's a physically strong son of a gun and Shamayev is... Is just a monster on the mat. We know that. But Usman was a monster on the mat. It will be interesting. I don't know how long it'll last, but it will be interesting to me to see if Usman decides to take him to the mat. It'll be interesting to me. That'll, that'll be really interesting. um, Because people we almost forget how strong Usman was, how good he was there. And um, we know how good Shabayev is. Uh, as far as the other one with Markachev, uh and um, Volkanowski, I'm saying Markachev's name, right? Right, and, Yeah. Yep. Um, That's right. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I don't pronounce things properly, but I try. Uh, but I, But at the end of the day, the most important thing: do I analyze it right? And in that fight. Very interesting. I know it's the ten-day notice that is the thing that's hovering about it, above it. Volkanovski has become a demon as a striker with his jab, with him. and it reminds me of Khabib in a way that, taught later in Khabib's career, the great, great, great Khabib, the goat Khabib. He became so much better at striking. We know how unbeatable he was on the mat. But he became so much better striking, and part of it was his jab. And Volkanovski, as has, well, he's always been a good striker, but he's such—he's a, a great striker. He's actually a great striker now, and he is tremendous and great on the mat, on both places. And you know, the funny thing is that. Uh, Makachev is a monster on the mat and he's become or was but he's become even a better striker than he was and he continues to get better in that area so what I'm getting at is it's good, I'm curious where Volkanovski takes this does he keep it to the striking. He's good in both places, but Magachev I would say is is supposed to be, you know, the superior on a mat, but he's awful good at striking too. And Volkanovski is again, he he don't come in second to anybody. The only guy he lost to was the guy he's fighting now, Magachev. But and that was a competitive yep. close fight, but Volkanovski don't come in second to anybody anywhere really even if so does he decide to go to the mat or does he stay I would think that he stays standing and I'm wondering if the ego of Makachev helps Volkanovski and is it an interesting twist on it Ken and a play on it I'm wondering if the ego of of Margachev gets involved, knowing he has the edge that he, you know, he had full preparation for this. A lot of people are going to say, no matter what happens, if he if he wins, they're going to say, well, Volkanovsky wasn't at his best; he didn't have full time to prepare. Blah blah blah. I wonder if his eagle gets involved, and he says, okay, I won't go to my strongest place, maybe because he loves to strike anyway. Yep. But if Margachev says, I stay standing, which is Volkanovsky's. Wheelhouse, if you will, I'll stay standing, and I'll I'll beat him this way. That'll be very interesting. that would be that's very. A, that's
0: interesting. actually a that that's a great point to see if the ego um if his ego gets involved here.
1: Yeah, that could make it really, really, really interesting. Really. So either way, it's interesting. Yeah. But I'll finish with this. We broke those down. I think we broke down everything pretty done well to be honest I hope the people enjoyed this show Uh, I think it was a good solid show, we covered all sports, all events uh, everything that's out there to be covered and we covered it deeply as we try to do it all the time I want to leave with this, with these fights that have saved this show with these two warriors that stepped up to the plate and with the again with the head man, the the boss man Dana White doing what he had to do to to not disappoint the fans, to make sure that they got the card they were expecting to get, and and even a bonus, even a Christmas bonus before Christmas. I think that boxing really, really, really could take a lesson. I've said it before. I'll finish with it again. And it's exactly why boxing is losing the battle that it's really the the spot that he's had for hundreds of years. It's losing the networks left and right. HBO's gone. For those who didn't notice, Newsflash, gone. The major networks have been gone for a while. Why? Why? They're still doing all other sports. Fox is now gone. Showtime is leaving. Wake up, boxing. Wake up before you become Rip Van Winkle. I don't want Rip Van Winkle. He had a long beard, you know, down to here, and he, he, was, he, he slept way too long. I don't want to go to sleep uh, with the sport that I've loved and been with 50 years. So wake up.
0: That seems like a perfect place to wrap this week's episode up. Like I said, uh, we've got that fight coming up from Abu Dhabi, by the way, this weekend. That will give us uh, plenty to talk about next week. I'm looking forward to it. I love a good uh, pay-per-view weekend. UFC pay-per-view always uh brightens up my Saturday night so with that Teddy you got anything else before we say goodbye
1: no just um care about your neighbor you know last episode I talked about it a little bit I always have it in my mind even if it's not uh coming out of my mouth it's in my mind it's in my heart for this country for this world to uh to be better to care about people a little bit more um That's it. Thank you.
0: That's it. Well, guys, thank you for being with us. Please like and subscribe. Share the link. Do your thing. Leave some comments, and we'll be back with you next week. Thanks for being with us.